now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. and babes the b movie podcast from classic cults on the cheese in between the movies are beef the entertainment is grade a and i'm your host mr jason jack and eddie and this time i'm joined by my brother mr luke jack and eddie hey jay how's it going all right folks you know the drill by this point get out your way back machine set it to 1957 because we are taking a trip back to take a look at blood of dracula and we'll get to it right after this punctures of the external jugular vein right side. Any blood? No, that's the strange part. No evidence of bleeding. This medallion, composed of horrors unimaginable, paints the secret heart of Sandra Harrison with the blood of Dracula and possesses the mad mind of Louise Lewis with dreams of limitless powers. Release a destructive power in a human being that would make the split atom seem like a blessing. A woman overfull with fantasies of terror, stimulating young girls beyond any reasonable control, piercing the earth's crust to make black magic with the blood of Dracula. Transforming a young girl's love into terrifying bloodlust. Symptoms are identical. Two incisions of the jugular vein. Was the killer human or animal? Dracula. Of 
Dracula was released November of 1957 with a 68 minute running time. Now, some of you might be thinking blood for Dracula. Please let's make sure we're on the right page here. Yep. It is blood of Dracula. Blood for Dracula is the Andy Warhol movie with diversions and then stuff like that in it. So it's a very different film. This is actually uh, technically the third in the I Was a Teenage series. This originally was going to be called, uh, had several different titles. One of them was I Was a Teenage Vampire and I Was a Teenage Dracula um, until they finally settled on Blood of Dracula or just known in the UK, Blood in my, is My Heritage, uh, which I think is a cooler title, um, yeah. released by American International Productions. Um, and it actually wound up being on a double bill with I Was a Teenage Frankenstein, which you heard Luke and I cover uh, this past fall. Um, and it's all in, in the wake of I Was a Teenage Werewolf, which Dad and I covered earlier in 20 uh, last year. Uh, and that movie was such a success that they rushed two different movies into production. Um, and as you know, uh, you know, obviously um, this was not called I Was a Teenage Dracula or I Was a Teenage uh, Vampire. Um, but it very much will fit into that uh, realm of that teenage, uh, the, the teenage, uh, I was a teenage um, movies, because your director here is Herbert L. Strock. Now, Herbert right. Strock um, is known for directing I Was a Teenage Frankenstein, How to, How to Make a Monster, the, and The Crawling Hand. Those are a few of his uh, ones that people would know. Of course, obviously, um, he also would go on. Uh, he did some television, stuff like that. Um, he also did The Magnetic Monster. And then he wound up, uh, uh, he shot Gog. Uh, and then he did just some other stuff too. But he's best known for, at least in the circles we run in, the, uh, you know, the I Was a Teenage Frankenstein, of Blood of Dracula, etc. Right. And, you know, and like I, said, we, I said it the last time out when we were talking about I Was a Teenage Frankenstein, that Strzok has a very sort of, uh, workmanlike sort of direction. It's kind of just, you know, get it, get it done. It's not fancy or flashy. He does have a few moments where things are assembled in a kind of artful way, but he's kind of just a light and get away type guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, he's not the only, you know, crew member that's shared between this and Teenage Frankenstein. So to mm-hmm. me, the fact that these were on a double bill, can you imagine that? You know, let, let's imagine you're going to the NABE or the drive-in for this double, double feature. And you're not there to make out, right? You're actually there because you're that monster kid that wants to see these. And you basically get the same movie twice. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Well, there's <laughs> there's a whole there's, – there's actually a bunch of uh, – I was changed werewolf in this movie too. Yeah. And yeah, but that say, one at least had the decency to come out a few months earlier. Yeah. And you say to yourself, how could that possibly be? Well, your writer is, Herb, is Herman Cohen, um, and he's under very various different pseudonyms, right? And he wrote I was changed werewolf. I was Teenage Frankenstein, How to Make a Monster, Horrors of the Black Museum, The Headless Ghost, uh, Conga, Black, The Black Zoo, uh, Berserk, Craze. I mean, that's, you know, he was there uh, in that capacity. He also acted as a producer on uh, I Was Teenage Werewolf, I Was Teenage Frankenstein, Blood of Dracula, How to Make a Monster, Horrors of the Black Museum, um, et cetera, et cetera. So when you, when you look, see that, uh, the reality is obviously – there's a lot of the same people involved here. Like, and I can't imagine this movie took that long to make because there's literally no special effects in this movie. The vampire is, sorry, spoiler alert. 
the vampire is on screen. I want to say for a grand total of three and a half minutes. Yeah. I, I think I saw something on YouTube where they compiled only the vampire scenes. And I think it ran about three and a half minutes with the intro and the ex and the outro on the little video. Um, the and, uh, Herbert, uh, Herbert Cohen, um, Herman Cohn, excuse me, Cohen also served as producer on this movie besides his writer. Um, yep. I just want to throw this out real quick before I forget. This is credited as being the first English English language movie featuring a vampire with visible fangs. I'm not sure I believe that, but uh, I saw it reported a couple places as the first American language movie. American like, language American English language movie with visible fangs. Yeah, because we definitely There's have no, visible fangs. We never. In, I was going to say like horror Dracula, but that's yeah, but horror Dracula was horror was 58, right? Yeah. So, but um. There's there's never once that we see, as I know, so, like Dracula's daughter, we don't, and Bela Lugosi, you didn't see fangs, right? Yeah, and you never saw fangs on Son of Son of Dracula. That's what the most, that's the one I was thinking. I, I could because Lon Chaney would wear a, a piece like that, but I don't remember him having fangs in that. Yeah, the the most and well fed Dracula ever. certainly, <laughs> and David Carradine certainly didn't uh, wear fangs, you know. Yeah, now I'm saying is there might have been fangs on the skeleton. When David gave your guarantees a skeleton, but you never see him bear fangs. So it's possible that this could be the first English language right. movie to actually feature him, you know. So I just thought I'd throw that out there. I saw that reported in a couple different places. Now it could be that they're reporting off of each other, but, you know, we'll go with it. All right. Um, so, like I said, it's, it's American International Productions, of course. Um, uh, Car- uh, Carmel Productions was the production company dis- distribution. By AIP, um, and again with a running time of 68 minutes, that is uh, 68 minutes seems about right for this film. Um, you probably could have cut it down by 10 or 15 more minutes too. Taking the whole could taking the whole song and dance number out of there, that'd have been great. Anyway, so let's get to the actual plot as it is. So uh, our plot, let's get to our plot here. Uh, so here we go. Six weeks. After the death of her mother, Nancy Perkins' father marries Doris and decides to enroll the six-year-old smoker, Nancy, into a boarding school, the Shorewood School for Girls. Yeah, right. and this – now, this this is great, okay, because I, – I love this because Nancy is so against this that she grabs the wheel and tries to drive <laughs> run the car off the road, and then they, they stop on the edge. Her dad leans back and backhands her. Yeah, because it's 1957 and yep. Doris, give her another one is what yeah. Doris says. Yeah, it's like, OK, this is uh, so you go a little glimpse into what the, the, the home life and the Perkins house has been for the last six weeks and six weeks. I mean, that's yeah. that, that's pretty that's pretty fast even for 1957, isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, the funny part is when uh, when she grabs the wheel, all I think is Jesus, take the wheel, Jesus, take the wheel. slam it into the tree, you know, kind of thing like that's uh. Uh, it's just, I don't know, it's I, it, people, <laughs> I've said that many a time here. I'm like, it's like, Jesus grabbed the wheel and slam it into the wall. And they're like, what? I'm like, nothing. Forget yeah, it. So Nancy's, anyway. played by, Nancy's played by Sandra Harrison, who is in nothing. Uh, she did some TV, a few TV spots before and after this, one-off stuff, nothing major. This How she the, got this role, I don't know. This is Sandra's, <laughs> this is Sandra Harrison's final film role. Yeah, which is funny the, the, because this is the, I mean all I mean so most of her other roles are like uncredited. Yep, she's like girl, 
you know, yeah, it's not girl. even girl, <laughs> girl, <laughs> and damn even... girl, that kind of thing. But... <laughs> No, that's what like, I mean. I mean, the, the people you've heard of in this movie are not the stars of this movie. I'm just going to yeah. leave it at that. You know, I don't. I didn't hear anyone in this movie. Well, anyway. there's a few character actors and stuff in this. Sure. Yeah. And um, like we'll see uh, Louise Lewis, who was a a lo- I mean, she had she was a TV actress, you know, doing mm-hmm. guest spots and stuff for years and years and years. But there's there's no you know like you know stars in no. this. You no. know. <laughs> um. So. Uh... After arriving in their 1957 Mercury, uh, they uh, they are greeted by the principal, Mrs. Thorndike, who emphasizes to Nancy that the school is not a correction, a corrective institute, but a private preparatory school with an outstanding reputation. Um, okay, so that I, entire I scene, did, I kind of, I, I did kind of like really that. uncomfortable. It's it really, thing, yeah. <laughs> it's really weird because you know. Thorndike, she's like completely off in her own little world, right? Because yeah, Thorndike, yeah. you know, that's her thing. And, you know, Doris and Nancy and Daddy are all kind of mad at each other. But, you know, they don't want to let on that they're mad at each other. Oh, we, we nearly skidded off the road, you know, because my daughter's a psychopath. He, doesn't, he leaves that part <laughs> out, you know. Um, oh. So, the, I mean, that, that it's, it is, it is. I mean, I do kind of like Thorndike, you know, played by um, uh, Mary Marguerite Adams. Uh, probably yeah. best known. She is the she's the uh, the nurse in the episode twenty two from the yeah. Twilight Zone. Yeah. Uh, but she was in another one that she was uh, in tons of television. I mean, she's got a list of TV and movie credits yeah. here as a, a character actress. Um, but uh, again, I do kind of like her in that she's she is friendly. But later we see that she has completely self uh, is completely self interested. Like mm-hmm. most of the characters in this film, so I, I do like that also. Also yeah. interesting, you, the way you know that Nancy is not a top guy. Okay. They get out of that Mercury, she's toting her own bags. <laughs> top guys don't carry their own bags. Top guys do not carry their own bags. So. Uh, okay, so Myra also tells Nancy about this, their secret club. Oh, no, I skipped stuff. Sorry, yeah, you, excuse you me. You skipped something there. I we did, haven't... I missed. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't get that far. Nancy's immediately harassed by her doormates. That night, after Thorndike officially introduces Nancy to the girls at breakfast the next morning, Myra, their leader, tells Nancy that if it, uh, that it was good that she did not mention anything about how they acted the previous night. Okay, so um, in in a day and age when hazing is not allowed, yes. um, hazing, not not even like the full assault they pro- pulled on this lady. All well, they were the missing thing is, you know, they the, were just missing some... a bar of soap and a towel. That's all they well, were missing. Bar of soap and a towel, or, or like a. Uh... <laughs> You know, a um, an eight a, ball uh, a sock. Uh, it an eight ball a sock and a sock, a sack of doorknobs. You know, a a, a, a broomstick, that kind of thing. But um, so this, my note for this is like, oh, are up one hundred and fifty percent. Yeah. <laughs> ever first caller, I do mean ever. But um, you know, the the thing is, is that my, see, this this film had a few alternate titles, right? Apparently, yeah. Mean Girls fifty seven was one of them because that's what this is, right? This is basically the nineteen fifties version of Mean Girls right now, and it's, it's like I could see I could see why why she's gonna turn into a vampire because these are some awful girls oh, she's yeah. got to live with, you know? Yeah, you know, it's and and funny. they and it's... I do I do also like she goes directly for what what is the you know girl fight in a fifties or sixties movie. You know, like signature move. Yeah. 
hair pull hair goes pull. right for it, right? Yeah. So yeah. The, the, the fabulous Moolah had a hand in, in booking this fight, I think, with the hair pulling going on. The funny part is, I said this to you in the chat before you even saw it. I said, how did Misty not get a hold of this movie? Because mm -hmm. this is everything that MST3K loves in a movie. It's This is like um, Untamed Youth. Or no, that was yes. Untamed, yeah, Untamed Youth. Yeah, Untamed Youth with Mamie Van Doren. This and, is a um, lot like Untamed Youth meets it. I Was a Teenage Werewolf. So it's basically yes. two movies they covered. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> I mean, saying, that's why. I, yeah, Untamed Youth. I mean, it was a lot of And then what was the other one? Uh, I Accused My Parents had a lot of, like, weird stuff like this had in it, too. And I'm just saying, is like, I'm looking at this going, how did Misty miss this one? And I guarantee you, it just probably was a copyright thing. But, like, it this movie is literally there it fits right in their wheelhouse you know yeah. kind of thing <laughs> it's also it's also very very black and white oh yes and very very talky so definitely from those <laughs> those middle years on uh either either kind of the later years on comedy central yes or like season eight and nine on sci-fi there was oh, a lot God, of talky yes. black and white movies you know yes because it gives them perfect opportunity to just riff over the top of it there's not <laughs> a lot of like action or music to talk over because yeah. you don't got to worry about losing the plot yeah Movies, just, movies. Just say, much like you know, uh, Abe and Candle and Herman Cohen here, we're not really all that concerned with losing the plot here in Yeah. yeah. Okay, so here we go. Now, Myra also tells Nancy about their secret club, the Birds of Paradise. That's in quotations. Um, and introduces her to Eddie, a young groundsman who the birds take turns dating. Let me just stop there for a second. This, okay. Um, ew. I mean. This, this this is this is some Riverdale level nonsense right there, isn't it? We all take turns dating this guy. Where are you going? Are you yeah. just going around making out with the groundskeeper? Yeah. And there's yeah. one girl that's got like her claws in him because they're like secret engaged. The yeah. blonde girl, right? Yeah. It's and just and weird. Yeah, you name your club Birds of Paradise. All I can think is Magic the Gathering. I'm just saying, you know, yeah. that that's just me. When when you're a hammer, the whole world looks like a nail. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, but I will say this. I will say this is that, um, you know, I, I, oh, what what is the one? Because I was watching, I was watching this with my wife, and she legitimately laughed when Nancy, like, you know, just like buries Eddie. Yeah. You know. Right. Right. What does he say? It's like uh, he says to get the like the whole package. Like you're more carton than than goods or something yeah, like that. Something like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, "Ow!" I'm like, "Yeah, that, that that's a good line." But see what I'm saying? Like, it's this not is... a lot of good lines, but there's yeah. flashes of brilliance. Yeah, here. there's every once in a while someone's like, "You, it's a happy accident," you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, where are we? Okay, so uh, dating. Myra is the assistant for Mrs. for Miss Branding, the school's chemistry teacher who is writing a thesis about her belief that there is a terrible power strong enough to destroy the world buried within each of us. Um, okay. So this is the, this is the conceit here that we see running through um, from teenage werewolf and the idea that Michael Landon in teenage werewolf is never bitten by a werewolf. He's just reverted to a werewolf. Right. Right. With lots of drool. Um, but the thing is like, that's kind of the thing. Like, She's like somewhere inside of you is like the ultimate evil, like and not 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 Satan in a can like Donald Pleasance to be looking for. I was saying not not a Donald Pleasance ultimate evil. Yeah. yeah, right. But I'm saying is like it's 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 it's, it's so kind of like again I understand same writer same producer same guy, um you know kind of thing it you, you kind of like hey that worked before let's do it again, um at least in in, in I was teenage Frankenstein the doctor was just crazy. You know, kind of thing. It wasn't like he's like, well, but he, you know, it, it, well, he he still well, that one was more like a traditional Frankenstein yes. riff, right? Yes. Says, he said that, you know, if you 
what is it? If, if you breed morons, you give, you beget morons. Yeah. And yes, if yes. you, um, you know, if you, you can't use an old body for this because it's used up all its energy and life, you need a young body. So yep. Whit Bissell at least made some sense here. Yeah. Okay. I said, uh, Louise Lewis playing a, a misbranding. She's just kind of freestyling on this. You know, she doesn't even have any evidence to suggest there's at least none that we ever see. She, we see her writing in her journal, but it's, you know, that convenient movie writing where we don't see any words going on the page. Yeah. She's, she, the, the pen moves effortlessly over the page. You're like, nothing yeah. flows that well in the fifties. Anyway, <laughs> as a, as a pen guy, I know these things. See, I'm, a, um, I'm, I'm a pencil guy, so I get yeah. that. You know, it's like that. That's yeah. that's like some uh, Signo 207 unit Uniball type type of stuff right there. You know. <laughs> oh. All right. Uh, if she could prove this, uh, this is this is the case. She hopes the scientific community will abandon their experiments with nuclear power and other weapons of mass destruction. I'm not sure why 100% she thinks they're going to give up all that other stuff if people are the ultimate weapon, but. Um, maybe if she was looking for the perfect weapon, I think that's the problem. Yeah. She wasn't looking for the perfect weapon because the perfect weapon, for those you have never seen the perfect weapon, you should watch the perfect weapon. It's just the guy slapping people for yeah, so the Scott Spielman or whatever his name was. Yeah. <laughs> I, I own that on Blu-ray, by the way, special edition. I happen to own um, the perfect weapon, but, yeah. um, so this, this, I, I did, I did think that this was kind of interesting. Again, you know, we talked, you and I talked. And about this with Teenage Frankenstein, and you and Dad talked about this with Teenage Werewolf, that specifically with Teenage Frankenstein, that I had a feeling from some of the more exploitative aspects of that film that it was a film that seemed a little ahead of its time by, I'd say, about seven or eight years. Because I would have pegged that from the storyline standpoint more to the mid-60s rather than the, uh, the, the late 50s. Here, we do get a sort of progressive argument, you know. Because branding, they return her thesis, and she says that they refuse to even look at it because it was written by a woman. Yep. So that's a somewhat progressive stance here, you know, in 57. I mean, we're still in the Eisenhower administration, aren't we, in 57? Yeah, so, I think so, yeah. I mean, we're not, we're not at women's lib yet. We're not even at first wave feminism. So right. I, thought that, I thought that was a nice touch. In a movie where the air quotes up to the mic evil scientist is is a woman and the monster is a girl mm-hmm. and it's at taking place at a girl's school i i like that you know again i would have expected that more in a 60s film than in a 50s film so that yeah. surprised me in a pleasant way yeah yeah it's it's well again i mean it could also things... be a question and i don't i don't want to get in trouble here so yeah. I'll, I'll try and be diplomatic. And I'm not saying that they wouldn't have rejected her thesis because it was written by a woman, but also the fact that it's crazy, go nuts, bananas nonsense, right? Yeah, so, right, yeah. you know, that, that might also be a contributing factor. Right. All I was going to throw it out there. Like, she's like, they won't even read it because I'm a woman. I'm like, maybe because you're nuts. But, you know, the problem is she's nuts. So, you know, sometimes she's right. like, yeah. Well, you, you, can, you, can imagine, right, you can imagine the guys at the university, bro, she's crazy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, she's out of town strange crazy. Let's go hit that. You know, wait, that's later. Anyway, where were we? Oh, yeah. So uh, when Branding tells Myra that she's looking for a special girl to experiment with, Myra suggests Nancy. Why not the new chick? Let's try her out. Anyway, yeah. Myra and her friend Nola deliberately switch a chemical to burn Nancy during the chemistry class, causing her to react violently. Now, when they burn her, I was like, oh, no, I've seen how this goes down. But she didn't go crazy and burn that girl's face off, which is what I thought no. she was going to do. Yeah, I, um, I, thought, I thought we were going to go straight to the, uh, ba- you know, uh, ba- bad milk in your face dissolve you situation. Um, 
And again, so yeah, so they they swab. It's supposed to be one of them's supposed to be water, and they're supposed to be rubbing alcohol, right? Yep. yep. And they say, oh, which one will evaporate faster? Yep. It's like I, I I love I love science in movies where there's no like controls or safety equipment. <laughs> well, you know. But wait, but wait, this is this is not Jack Arnold science. Let's yeah. just call a spade a spader. This isn't Jack Arnold science, which he really tries to make it sound like sciency, yeah. and like it could be real because I know you believe his stuff. This is like middle school science. Yeah. Like uh, I'm gonna put these, water on your hand. <laughs> these girls are learning a whole lot at this school, yeah. but uh, and but I do okay. So so they they swab its acid of some kind. Yes, you know, I, yes. I didn't. You can't get a great look at the bottle. Like we see the bottle smoking when she throws it. Yeah. But you don't right. get a great look at the bottle. So it's acid of some kind. And Nancy goes, ah, that really burns. And she immediately goes back to the hair pull. Yeah. Right. Like, that's her first look. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's, it's, like, it's I panicked. I always go to my right, you know. But yeah, I mean, I mean, what, what, I don't know. I mean, maybe she hasn't worked on it like Ty Domi did, where he would grab the jersey, and since you couldn't yank it over the guy's head, he'd pull it up over his face. He didn't under, you know, maybe she didn't understand all those you yeah. know, finer, you know. Well, we, this is pre Broad Street Bully, so we, she didn't Broad understand Street hockey Bulls, fights, yeah. you know. So just I mean, going, like, you know, and and but again, it's you know, it, you you can see again the 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 mean girls sort of thing, yeah. right? Uh, I, I love that, that, you know, oh, girls bullying girls is a modern problem. It's like, eh, no, not really. It's like they, the girls were always mean. It's just, you know, we didn't necessarily talk about it, you know. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, girls didn't necessarily write movies and TV shows. So we got it exposed at, on, on a popular cultural level. Yeah. But I mean, again, I, I did I did like this setup because it gives first off, it, it, it shows again that uh, Nancy's at this point where she just has a, a, a hair trigger. Yep. On everything, right? Because yep. she's been, she is just pissed at the world. You know, you know her her live journal back in the day would have been a, an interesting read. But, um, <laughs> but this also, you know, gives branding. Now branding has an excuse to take an interest in her and to take her to her office and talk to her one on one and all this stuff. So it's it's a it's it's an effectively um, uh, economical bit of filmmaking yes. here to do right. this. Basically, get, set up their relationship essentially in one scene. Yes. So what you what you're you're thankful for though is that she's not dating Michael Landon's character from *Oz Teenage Werewolf*. Oh my because god, the two, the of, two them, of them! It's because the two of them they're just they're just they're just one one fire alarm away from literally being uh, natural born killers. Like it's I mean, literally yeah. there you <laughs> like go. They're I mean, Mickey and Mallory Knox. They that's what they are. I was thinking are. about you know I was thinking about that because I'm like, but what's the name for like? you call that a power couple but where they're both psychopaths yeah. right what do you call that you know carnage it's like, and siren it's car- carnage and <laughs> carnage and shriek exactly shriek. excuse me yeah. sorry <laughs> because you got the two the two monsters that love yeah. each other yeah. and it's like oh this is bad you know yeah yeah <laughs> it's, the, it's the old you know the old saying you know some people just want to watch the world burn well these guys yes. want to skin it first and then go from there <laughs> um but yeah uh, um where are we here? Okay, oh, yeah, I'm, so she, I'm by the way, writing that down, that fanfic. So Nancy yeah. X Teenage <laughs> Werewolf. Well, remember, he has a girlfriend in that movie, and she's like the most calm person. She's like, oh, I don't know. He's really great, Dad. And he's like, he honks his horn, and you don't go running. And I'm like, man, like if this guy was in this movie, you just – this is like uh, this is like if you were to switch just two characters. Just yeah. switch two characters around. You take the boyfriend – that this this girl has that Nancy has put him in the other one. That's a boring teenage movie. Nothing happens. And you yes. put Michael Landon's character here. It's like 
Good Lord, not even Gort, the most, uh, you know, would destroy the world. These two will burn it down before he gets there. It's yeah. just like if you took if you took Macbeth and you switched him with Hamlet. Oh, one, God. One story never goes anywhere. The other is a one-act play. Everyone's dead. Anyway, okay, so. And, and I was to say, the, and the other option is you, you switch Hamlet with Titus Andronicus, and it's actually not even a play. It's just like a short story, right? Yeah, right, yeah. It's, a, it's, yeah, it's yeah. not even a novella. It's not yeah. even a novella. It's, it's like it's a, a footnote. Oh, by the way. It's a pamphlet. Way. Yeah, BT dubs. Yeah, you're all eating This your Roman guy food. went nuts, and that was yeah. the end of that. Yeah. Uh, for those <laughs> who have never seen Titus. Tune in for our Shakespearean podcast. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> join, us, join us for loincloths at the, the round. And I don't gonna think, no, not loincloths. <laughs> it's it's, it's half, of, half of the show is Shakespeare, half the show is Peplum. You see, so we do like, you know, <laughs> Beth and Hercules round, yeah. or uh, Hamlet, a cheese day, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, oh, my cheese steak. <laughs> Tunic. <laughs> Tune in for tunics and <laughs> I can't stop laughing. Anyway, but if you've never, you, honestly, if you've never seen Titus, um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is not, first of all, um, it's certainly not a movie. I don't think, well, we could probably cover it. Dad and I, dad loves that movie. If well, I mean, Ju- I don't think, I don't think Julie, Julie Taymor's, uh, Titus. It's, it's not a, I mean, that was a, that wasn't a B movie. That was an art house movie. An I mean, art house film. Yeah. No, yeah. but it's small. I mean, it, it was a small, a small movie for sure. Movie course, yeah, by way sure, of his, yeah. but if you've never seen it, um, I'm going to say this, I blame gladiator. If you've never seen it because gladiator came out right after it and became like literally one of the best movies ever made. Um, and it kind of overshadowed it because it was such an art house little film that it never caught on. It's very different than, say, a movie like Memento, which was an art house little film that had nothing to compete with and then became like insane bananas blockbuster. Christopher Nolan's a genius thing. Um, but if you've never seen Titus, I finish this podcast and then yeah. go watch it. And you got to put aside it's what is it, two and a half hours. I mean, it's, it's no joke. Anthony Hopkins is amazing. Right. The whole movie's just phenomenal. But. That's not this movie. Uh, so let's get back to this one. So um, intrigued, Branding later t- talks with Nancy and gains her confidence. She then asks Nancy if she may hypnotize her. And Nancy agrees because why not? Branding yep. places an amulet from the antiquity uh, around her neck, telling Nancy that it came from the Carpathian Mountains region and is capable of healing and destroying as has the and has the ability to release frightening powers. Okay, hang on a second. Yeah. So, so we had to tie Dracula in somewhere. Right. That's where we get exactly. Dracula. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like she almost like this the Carpathian Mountains and like wink. Wink. You know what that means, folks. You know. You know Oh, <laughs> uh, where we uh, as Nancy and, gazes at the amulet, Brandings uh, hypnotizes her and instructs her to always obey her. I just want to get that yeah, last she, part. She in. she plays she plays Biggie Smalls on the on the record player. To place hypnotize, oh, oh, so she's ready oh. to do it. Do 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 do, and everything you know. Um, again, another tie back to Teenage Werewolf with yep. the hypnosis, yep. you know. Yep. Um, and hypnosis is one of the one of those interesting things that can do absolutely anything you need it to, right? Yep. Um, well, you know what's in- always funny? I always find it funny when they would talk about like um, they would have like especially in certain horror movies they would say, well, they had a hypnotist on set and they hypnotized the actress for the scene and whatever, and I'm like, okay. But I don't know how well hypnotism works um, if you don't want it to work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, isn't that the whole idea? It's the power of suggestion, like, that if you want to be hypnotized, you can be because you believe you are, right? Like, so, I I, I guess so. But Nancy yeah. seems pretty angry. 
I'm well, just, I don't know how not, much well, she's thing, like, yeah, you know? she, she is angry. And the thing also with hypnosis, what I've always understood is that different people have different levels to which they are more susceptible to hypnosis. Um, you remember the film uh, Stir of Echoes with yep, Kevin Bacon, yep, yep. where in, in the film, his sister-in-law puts him under hypnosis. And the way it's shot is like an, ap- an actual hypnosis session. Yep. And they had people in screenings that were going into a trance because that's how it was, how well it was shot and mimicked right. an actual hypnotic um, uh, you know, event. Mm-hmm. And they actually put a, a, a very low frequency stinger on the soundtrack that would rouse people out. Right. Yeah. So it's it it more it, it, whether you know it, it just depends. Some people are, are more susceptible to that or right. not. I do like here we get another little bit with Nancy's background because we think, oh, well, Nancy's a kid in a bad place and stuff. But she tells the story about how when Branding says, oh, have you ever been hypnotized? And he goes, well, one time I pretended to be at a party, but this guy this guy said he was going to hypnotize me. And he said for me to kiss him. And then then she slap him across the face. Yeah. yeah. And it's like. Okay, so she was already having violent tendencies before her mom died. Yeah. Her mom dying apparently just escalated all yeah. this. So she yeah. was already, like, on the pathway to JD, you know? Yeah. So it's like she would have been, what is it, the, the sinister urge or something, you know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Killed for a thrill kind of yeah. situation, you know? But uh... – yeah, well, you know, hey, uh, I, you, I like that story too, though, because again, you can get away with that story as you can get away with that story as a girl. You can't get away with that story as a guy. It's like, yeah, this chick hypnotized me. I slapped her. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't go over as well as you think it will, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> Woo! come the little, <laughs> get the little uh, little kitty cuffs on. I mean, <laughs> yeah. There we go. Later, Eddie and two local boys, Tab and Joe. Uh, Tab, who's there? It's Tab and Little Joe. Uh, climb up into the girls' win- girls' room as they are having Nancy's initiation party. Okay. Um, the, uh, okay. I, I'm, so I'm here, try here's to say this thing. as nice as possible. What the actual he was go like? What are they doing in there? Okay. Like okay. <laughs> so so that this very that this very weird fifties hen party that's going on yes in the dorm room is weird enough yeah and then Eddie brings in these two guys and i love it because remember eddie is secretly engaged to one of the blonde girls yep there and there there's i mean it's the 50s there's there's some buxom young ladies in this movie for sure and 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 uh, joe is like well look i call a blonde and he's like well which one was any of them it's like, <laughs> it's like brother's got a type you know man but they, so they, they go in there and and it gets it, it things take a turn for the weird. It's like a hard left turn in this movie where suddenly they all surround Tab and say Tab was played by Jerry Blaine, who you might remember didn't appear in Teenage Werewolf, but was on the soundtrack to Teenage Werewolf. And according to IMDb, those are his only two credits. Um, Doesn't he and sing? much Isn't like he the guy, the kid who sings at the party. I, the he's, they say he's, I, I don't think he appears. I think his I thought his voice was dubbed in. I thought that, that was might have been. But there's yeah. a guy who sings at the party. And when right. he starts singing here, I go, oh, God. And then a shot rang out. But no, I was un- unfortunately. Well, the no thing that's weird is, is not even so much that there's a song because that is. OK, so, so that's well, that. Yeah, but <laughs> well, but they they that's the teenage market. Right. Is they had to have the song in there. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 we yeah. saw this. We saw this in a giant Hilo monster. They, they, yes. they have the, the musical interlude. Yes. Um, we will see this again in how to make a monster. They yes. have a musical interlude. Um, part of that, I always suspected. I don't know this for sure. I always suspected that part of that, it was always a song, usually sung by by a, a guy. It was like a, a poppy kind of love song. That's for the dates, right? Yep. 
much like in Teenage Frankenstein when he's doing the he's weightlifting yeah. with the with the with the extra medium T-shirt on. It's like yeah. that's a little something for the ladies that are here on a date, right? But yeah. so so they do that. But it's like what what's weird is not so much that he breaks out into song. It turns into like a music video with like sound effects and a yeah. dance number, and it's like okay, now you've lost me. Yep. Okay, I, yep. I was with you when you had the song. I've watched enough movies from the 50s to understand that. But when it turns into like where they're they're like bumping the pillows into each other, like bumper yeah. cars. It was weird. And I'm like, right? yeah, we've, like, we've we've gone. We've gone. It's like and th- it's like and then suddenly it starts to get weird. You know, the yeah. rules change. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying is it wasn't like it was just a regular like I'm like, OK, I'm not, not just a regular ill-advised pop song. I mean, right. But I'm just saying this, like, what are they doing? Like, it's just weird. It was all choreographed, too, and weird. Like, it's not like they were just, like, snapping their fingers, like, yeah, man, do it. it it's okay. So you remember Mr. Bean Natural, right? And remember yeah, how the – right? And how the he's just kind of snapping his fingers and tapping his yeah. foot. You're like, if that's what they were doing, you'd be like, I get it. I get it. He is feeling the power of music inside him. You know, he – he didn't seize the bone. That's a different movie. <laughs> Um, which you can hear me when you probably heard me talk about, uh, last fall. Uh, but I'm saying is, but like, like, he's like, he's got the magic of music in you and you like, no, this was like weird stuff just broke out. There's no reason. Anyway, it was, it was, it's, it's a little strange. The song is not good. No, it's not. Um, just leave it at that. Um, not quite as catchy as you were hoping. Um, so in a nearby building. Brandon... It's certainly no, they ain't going to make no cotton picker out of me from Untamed Youth. Let's just yeah, well, circle. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> uh, in a nearby building, Branding hears the noise and despite the distance, is able to rehypnotize Nancy, turning her into the vampire. Uh, the party's broken up by the disciplinarian, Miss Rivers, who then sends Nola to the basement to fetch supplies. While in the basement, Nola is attacked by something subhuman and is killed. Now, yeah. This so, is one of the well, few scenes with the vampire, right? But we don't see the vampire whole lot. Yeah. So, so a couple of things here. We'll start. We'll start there, and we'll move backwards. So, okay. Noah gets attacked in the supply basement. Yep. This is. Remember, I said that Struck occasionally has some stuff that that is kind of artful. This is one of them. With all the light and shadow in the basement, it's actually quite creepy, and it is a kind of spooky setting that she's in. And then putting it in POV, we. We we know it's Nancy, right? Because we know it's Nancy, but you know the we're not su- necessarily supposed to know it's Nancy, and we don't understand that Nancy is now a monster, yeah. rather than that she might just be a hypnotized, you know, violent young you know, teenage girl, yeah. and which which is kind of worse when you get down to it. But that's neither here nor there. So th- I thought that was that was effective using the light and the shadow and the POV. I thought it was a, a nice way to do it without showing us the monster right up front. I mean, it's cheaper not to show us the monster, obviously, but I thought it was done in a in a good way. Right. And the yeah. the earlier part than that is the party getting broken up. The party gets broken up because Eddie and Joe get yes. into a fight. Yeah. Isn't that just what guys do? That's not my girl. That's my your, your girl. It's my girl. You know, and they get into a fist fight and the girls yeah. just start screaming because isn't that what girls do when guys get into a fight? Oh my god. Yeah, well. You know, they just start yelling at them and hitting them with their purses and stuff. Yeah. You know, in the fifties so, for sure. Uh. <laughs> stop, stop. You know, that kind of thing. But uh and and then they then they all have to rush out the window, which just seems yes. like an accident waiting to happen, doesn't it? Yeah, but they're they're on the first floor. So they right? had a ladder. 
No, did they have a ladder? Oh, they did. Remember, yeah, they I had knew. a ladder to get in. They climbed in through the. They're on the second story. Yeah, but so, it seemed like they jumped right out the window to the first. Like, well, so, you know, we don't we don't see Joe again. Maybe he landed on the bottom of that pile. Yeah, I, was like, I mean, we see Joe. Tab and Eddie again. You know, yeah. <laughs> and Tab Tab tries to be nice to Nancy. And she's like, just shuts him down. It's like, dude. She's like, I have a boyfriend. He's like, well, I don't see him here. And she's uh, like, you want to see? You know, she's like, you want to see the inside of your face? Yeah. Uh, it's like you want. Like, you want to see my nails inside your retinas? It's like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tired dude, having, she's crazy. You know that yeah. kind of thing. So like, I, I just thought that was funny because it's like you know, you know, screw guys, we're going dancing. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, but, right. Uh, I don't. I don't even want guys around. Screw guys. That's what a dance. All night, just dance. Yeah. Yeah. Just just throw our purses in the middle of the floor and just dance. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> these are so many older references that people aren't going to get because they're funny That's to fine. us because it's okay. like literally, you got honestly, folks, if you never watched the comp, what was it was called the Comedy Channel originally, right before it was Comedy Central. Well, yeah. So it was it was Comedy Channel and then it was Comedy Network for a few months and then it became Comedy Central. Yeah. So you had to watch the Comedy Channel. That's how old some of these references are going to go back to when they would just show clips of comedians doing parts of their stand-up so we had seen lots of clips of comedians doing parts of stand-up and clips from movies that were just really funny and they would just show clips all day long it made no sense but we there are things we picked up from those things that people are never gonna get the reference because i don't think anyone's ever seen any of that stuff yeah anyway but funny yeah, funny be, be that as it may so yeah. so noah is dead and uh now it's time for the very serious procedural aspect of this film yeah so the next morning, as policeman Detective Sergeant Stewart investigates the killing, Nancy cannot wake up until Branding orders her. Uh, orders, yeah, orders her. When she re, uh, re, um, relates a nightmare she had, Branding orders her to forget it. At police headquarters, the coroner informs Lieutenant Dunlap that he found two puncture wounds in Nola's jugular vein and that the body was drained of blood. A young assistant to the coroner, Mike, who shared a room in med school with an exchange student from a small town in the Carpathian Mountains, uh, uh. remembers his friend's stories about vampires. Dunlap is unimpressed by the story. Okay, so you know what? Okay, oh, you know it's a it's it's a it's a joke about older people calling vampires Draculas. Yeah. I'd never yeah. seen it actually played out until this movie because I was yep. like, we're going to be hunting for a bunch of Draculas. It's like, that's not how that word works. Dracula's a guy. It's not like a class, you know, it's not a, a species. <laughs> All these Draculas up in here. Oh, where's that blonde girl that kills them Draculas on the on the UPN? She, we need her up in here. You know, that kind of uh, thing. That was CW. Get it right. Um, excuse me, Buffy the Vampire Slayer started on UPN before the CW-UPN merger that formed it, that formed the CW from the ashes of the WB, and the Aquaman series that was picked up that only with the pilot was going to be on the WB before the merger. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> of course, Justin Hartley, who many people know from his turn on... I can't even read. Passions was going to play Aquaman, but then he played the Green Arrow on Smallville instead. Oh, I'm having a hard time reading the, the copy. It's true, here. though. He did play Fox Crane on Passion. So the whole time, yeah. you know, like my wife was like, that's just Fox Crane. It's just yeah. Fox Crane. Everybody knows who that is. Of course, he's rich. He's a crane. You know, it's like, no, he's not. He's a different rich white guy that makes bad choices. You know, yeah. Yeah, this, yeah, this, <laughs> this guy... guy lived on an island for five years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Wait, he's tattoo. 
but from uh, no, not no, the the other island. Oh, 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 oh. So oh, here we go. No, okay, yeah, so, not not the island with Ant Man's friend, where everybody's fantasies come true. That have you? That's that's the new fantasy island. The new fantasy that? island. It's like, you know, again, not, nothing not like use, the TV show. Just, well, <laughs> it's like it's like the prequel. No one asked for to the TV yes, show, isn't it? Yes. You know? But it's so funny though because Haley watched it with us and stuff, and Haley loved it, and she's like, "This is great," you know, kind of thing. Because it's just that kind of it's it's for those of you who have not seen it. I'm not giving anything away. It's Bloom House. It's not super deep. He's not going to change your life. It's it's a fun little horror movie uh, with some really gruesome things happening to people. And you're just like, okay, I feel bad for them, but not so much. It, um, it, ha- it has it has some clever bits, but in yeah, any no, event, yeah. the not not to get not to not to tangent onto that. The, the, this whole pr- procedural bit, yeah, really seems like it's just padding the film out. Yeah, because these guys never accomplish anything. Nope. Nope, they never do anything except argue with each other about Draculas. Yeah. And, and then we hear about Nola's parents, yeah. that they're circus performers, yeah. and they're they're on tour and they can't get word to them that their daughter's been killed. And it's like, what? Clock contrivance. <laughs> That's all that is. Uh, where are yeah. they? Who knows? You know, they could be no, anywhere. No, they, they, they could they, be in the you know, Carpathian you know Mountains. Them, you know them circus folk. Yeah, yep. but they, they, they could be anywhere, even the Carpathian Mountains. I just yep. feel like they should just turn to the camera every time and go, but yep. the Carpathian Mountains? Yes, they, the Carpathian yep. Mountains. Uh, You're the a girls... nice well, that, that's a, That'd be opera parents, not circus parents. Uh, the girls later organize a Halloween scavenger hunt in the local cemetery. Wait a minute. Uh, before I go on with the rest of that sentence. Yep. And <laughs> Nancy is again transformed into a vampire and kills Terry, one of the girls, as well as Tab. All right, so let's just they okay. Look, I understand that some people don't get like the whole thing about like watching horror movies and that people who have felt uh, ostracized by society watch horror movies and like all this stuff about like isn't it just morbid and weird and all and none of that has anything to do. These girls are going into she buried stuff in a cemetery. Yeah, like like this isn't have anything to do with horror this is not even like like not even like uh like uh porch henry porch of a serial killer kind of move like messed up kind of thing this is like why what are you what what are you doing like unless the cemetery is literally like in warlock where it's not actually where it's supposed to be and it's a different (laughs) place um there's a reference right i'm just saying is like you are on hallowed ground just Digging around, yeah. screwing with like I don't. Uh, it, it's I, it's like the it's end of wrong. the Adam, like the end of Adam's Family Values, right? You got to go play Wake the Dead. Okay, and the really way to play different. Wake the Dead is you you got to dig, you got yeah, to dig, got to dig. Yeah. But right. the no, it's like <laughs> this, this can't have been normal. This can't have been normal. Oh yeah, we bit, hit some things in the graveyard. Let's yeah. go dig around with the corpses. Yeah, no cool mind, you know. Well, they're all dead, so who cares? They're all dead. Okay. What are they going to do? Complain about it? You know, yeah. that kind of thing. It's like, it's, what, it's like when you're being orphans. What are they going to do? Tell their parents, you know? But, you know. <laughs> hot takes. Hot, hot takes. takes hot takes. But uh, uh, what no, I'm saying is, like, with the, no, when this, they this, say this. they're going to dig around in the cemetery, and I'm like, what? Like, I Can thought I, at I, first I, they were having, like, you know, they were going to, like, be like a hide-and-seek thing, which is even weird in a cemetery, but at least you're yeah. not disturbing the ground. I mean, where the people are a scavenger hunt. Let me, let me, 
let me speak on this. A scavenger hunt in the way that has been played in my lifetime, which admittedly only dates back to 1980, okay? That means there are things that one can find. Yeah. About that you go out and you have a list and you find it, right? Yeah. Not, by the way, I've hidden objects in the graveyard that you need to dig up like a Japanese role-playing game. You know, where it's like, <laughs> Found this. I need to bring this to this guy in this town. He says, oh, I'll trade you that for this, and you bring it to this guy in this town. It's like, what the hell is this? Oh I mean, seriously. Do, like, grinding while I'm doing this? I mean, and, and, no, that... And at first she said a Halloween scavenger hunt. I'm like, okay, you need to go find this. You need to go find that. Not, hey, go go, just, go desecrate some graves. Yeah. Why does Why does the school have a graveyard? How yep. many girls are dying? <laughs> It's it's just like why did old planes have slots for used razor blades? Who's shaving on the plane? And who's uh, shaving so much they are using, using off razor, razor blades. blades? What is the Wolfman on here? Ah, ah click click click. Anyway, so oh, yeah, it's so, okay. So so uh, oh my favorite. okay. So first, you know, she she branding turns her back into the vampire. All right, now one can only assume that branding, it's it's <laughs> in the modern context. You know, she's she's the lady that calls the cops when the music's too loud, right? But yeah. instead of calling the cops, she turns the girl into the vampire to break to you know, to kill somebody and break up the party. Right. So <laughs> she she turns into a vampire, seemingly because it seems like a good opportunity to kill somebody. You know, it's like <laughs> it's Halloween. Why not? Right. So so she turns it and she kills Terry. Yes. One of the girls. Now the the synopsis says Tab. Is it Tab or is it Eddie? I think it's I Tab. It's Tab, because I remember the Tab, like, oh, oh, that's right, it is Tab, because Tab talks to her, and then she vamps out again. Yeah, yeah. That's intentional. And then yeah. she kills him. So, right. The way that I have heard, and you tell me what you think about this, I was reading I was reading a little a little blog, and they described her vampire look as, like, the Nosferatu with big hair. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so so there is a, a, a new kit that was released of... Um, it, it, and it was in the style of the big heads. Remember the big heads, the ones that are like three, th- uh, you know, three quarter scale, uh, you know, full size head you know, bust and whatever. And there's, the, I was teenage werewolf. I was teenage Frankenstein. The werewolf, I don't think I built, I may or may not have built it, but I definitely built the Frankenstein. And they yes. finally put out this to be the third in the line, right? That's of, of to complete that trilogy, even though it's not really that. And when it first, when I first saw the picture of it, and it's, it's, I'm, I think I'm not sure if it was Jaeger or not. It's a beautiful sculpt, an absolute beautiful sculpt. And I got a real good look at the sculpt because in the movie you're kind of like, okay, right? You see this, you're like, oh my god, it literally is Nosferatu fangs with yep. like a helmet on. It's a helmet of hair. Yeah, yeah she's got she's got the Annette Funicello look yes. sort of going on there. It looks fake. It looks like she put a helmet of hair on. Oh my, but yeah. yeah. I mean, it is, I will say this, I did like that we did get a monster, yes. that they didn't just POV it the whole yep. time, that they teased us and then they gave it to us, so they paid off the tease, so I did like that. I thought it was cool that not only do we get a girl monster, which was very rare at this point, about the only ones I could think of off the top of my head were Dracula's daughter, and then yeah. the ape one, yeah. you know, um, yep. I forget the actress's name, The that... Uh, Taranga or something like that. I think I'm, I'm screwing that up. <clears throat> but she played the ape woman in the three uh, movies that Universal did. There yeah. wasn't a lot of other girl monsters, you know, at that point. Right, right. Um, the 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 other thing I do want to touch on is that now that we see the makeup, 
I want to mention the one sheet to this movie, okay, which has her in the the vampire, you know, the 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 Nosferatu yep. with big hair. She is wearing like this off the shoulder dress number with her cleavage falling yep. out. Yep. She's got a guy pinned down, his shirt undunged, like she's going, like he's grabbing her wrist to hold her off. She's about to like go chop yep. into this guy's neck. Okay, great poster. Yep. At the same time, this poster is writing checks this movie cannot cash. Yep. Okay. Just just full stop. It's like right. it looks awesome on the on the on the wall in a frame. It's gonna set you up for for disappointment. Okay. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, be yeah, aware yeah. of that. <laughs> what was? Oh, uh, it's like the what do you call poster? Um. Oh my god, I totally blanked on it. It's the giant came? Co- no, the giant cockroach. It's the in that eighties movie. We did that on the vault forever. Oh, ago. oh, um, yes. Um The Nest. The Nest, yes. It's, where it's like this woman in like uh, it, it, it's it's her underwear kind of thing, and there's this giant cockroach she's fighting. You're like, Great, that never even comes close to happening in the movie. They're not no. even giant in the movie, so nope. <laughs> they're just regular um, cockroaches. There's yeah, a lot of them I, though. You yeah. don't like cockroaches. But this, the, this scene is cool in that, okay, so we know that she killed a girl, right? Yep. Because she killed Noah, and then she kills Terry. Yep. Okay, so she's killing girls, but then she kills a guy. Yep. And again, much like, again, we've talked about it a few times, that's that's a little forward-looking to have the yep. girl monster actually kill a guy and yep. not have the guy like, oh, well, you know, th- thanks to his sturdy masculine parts, he was able to survive. I mean, he's he's pretty friggin' dead when she's done with him, right? <laughs> So I, I actually liked that quite a bit in that it, it puts her over, right? Just because she's, she's, you know, a girl doesn't mean that she's not a threat to everyone around her. Exactly. And now that she's a vampire, she's even more of a threat, clearly. Yeah. So I did like that. So uh, where are we go? Okay. Um, the police subject all the girls in the scavenger hunt to a lie detector test. However, branding is able to alter Nancy's responses to the questions by remote hypnosis. The hypnosis is just like the through line on this movie. Yes. Right. You know, kind of thing. Um, unfortunately, every time I see a lie detector test in a black and white movie or TV show, I think of to serve man from the twilight zone uh, with the great polygraph test in that episode, yep. you know, yep. <laughs> so, no, no, no other connections to this film, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, back at the school, Nancy confused and frightened by her transformations begs for branding's help. Well, Branding, uh, Branding assu- assures her that the experiment will soon be over and that she will be proud of her part in saving humanity from self-destruction. The state threatens to close the school over unsolved murders and consequently Thorndike asks Branding to take over some of her duties while she attempts to calm the concerned parents. All right, let's stop right there right. for a sec. Because yeah. this is where you start seeing Thorndike is like, hmm. I'm yeah. going to lose my little nest egg here. And right. I can't afford Thorndike's that. Thorndike's whole thing is running this school. And yeah. obviously the school isn't cheap, you know, from right. the, cli- the clientele of, of girls that they got. And instead of like, you know, cooperating with the police, uh-huh. I spend my time saying, no, 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 don't take your girls out. Cause like, so he says like, ha- like a half a dozen girls have already been pulled out. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, because you care about that tuition check. You yeah. know, it's like, that's the big lie. I mean, no offense, but that's like the big lie of academia, right? Yeah. Is that you know, especially at the at at the you know the 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 higher levels, it's a for-profit organ institution. Yep. So you know, she's like, oh, well, it's it's. I'm reminded of like the camp and sleepaway camp, right? It's like, oh, only a handful of kids have been murdered, guys. There's no reason to pull everybody out of camp. Right? Or um, <laughs> oh, what's the other one we did? Um, no, I can't think. What's it's on the college campus. Um, my brain is shot right now. 
uh, where the guy throws the guys, uh, we, the, the guy's fixing the motorcycle and he throws the, the, um, the scarf in and it rips his head oh, right off. Oh, well, happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. Thank God. Yes. I oh, mean, my brain is just shot. I'm sorry, guys. But yes, happy birthday to me. Like that. They're like, no, no, don't, don't leave the university. People are dead. Like <laughs> lots of people are dead. You know what that, that makes out. me think of in student bodies? Yes. When they, they get everybody in the bleachers. All right, if you don't have anything to do with this, y'all can leave. And it's just yeah. the six main characters left. I, yeah, I love right. it so yeah. much. Sorry, baby. Paper mache bowls get me hot. You know? <laughs> yeah, student bodies is, is very much – again, that, that's a straight-up comedy. But I am also thinking of, like, The Dorm That Drift Blood, uh, Final Exam. Like, all these movies are, like – where, like, magically, all these people or are now about, not around. You know, about, of, you know, we did we did Prom Night 2. Yeah. It's like, does nobody go back in the girls' locker room? Yeah, I guess not. I guess or, not. Or it says what do you call? Order. Um, um, oh. Yeah, but Thorndike, well, yeah. That, that, yeah. That's, this is where I turned on Thorndike, for sure. Yes. And, and I, I, I do suspect that's intentional. Yeah, that she yeah. only seems to care at this point about the girls checking out. And, you know, she has no idea what's going on at her school as long as, you know, oh, everything's fine. Yeah, these are nice girls. That is like there's a whole like dating racket going on, you know. Yeah, right. There, yeah. There's all this stuff. And you got no idea because, you know, as long as the check clears, you know. Yeah, right. Sounds sounds familiar. We didn't we didn't have any, you know, worrying about that stuff when we were younger, huh? As long as the check yeah, clears. Yeah, no idea. About. No idea. <laughs> no idea from the years of 1992 to 96 for me. Uh, what happened? We're talking about there. <laughs> Um, for anyone who's listening at this time, you know exactly what I'm wink wink saying. Anyway, we're wait. Okay, so Nancy's boyfriend back home, Glenn, arrives. Glenn, your mother, Glenn, your mother arrives. Your mother. See, your mother. see, this is where. So, okay, <laughs> real quick, Haley. I said the other day, I said something, and I said whatever, and it was Glenn. She goes, "Your mother, Glenn, your mother," and I'm like, "Thank you, Haley." And she loves. Uh, um, she that is one. That's got to be her favorite episode of Misty ever. She loves Mr. B Natural. Thank God she loves it with a bat, but she really loves War of the Colossal Beast. Um, <laughs> but, but then the thing is, like, but she's seen other ones and she's like, you're about that, yeah. you know. Anyway, so where are we? Anyway, so Glenn um, arrives at school uh, being alarmed at the news uh, stories of the slaughters. But Nancy now acts coldly towards Glenn. Oh my God, who wrote this sentence? Uh, no, it wasn't me. So there, there is literally like four commas here and a, and a semicolon. But yeah. Nancy now acts coldly towards Glenn, uh, but only because she is concerned that she might suddenly have an urge to kill Glenn. We don't need to say okay. Glenn. That makes not. Yeah. Oh, please. Okay. I gotta go so, this. <laughs> so, okay. So, so Glenn shows up out of nowhere. Him. At some point you can put yeah. him. him. We all know Pronoun. it's Glenn. You know, <laughs> pronouns, buddy. Daffy, Daffy Duck said it. Daffy <laughs> Duck said it. Aha. Pronoun trouble. Right. <laughs> So, okay. So Glenn shows up. Glenn, Glenn, and you, you know, it's it's between between War of the Colossal Beast and uh, Amazing Colossal Man Amazing and Monster Colossal Zero. Man. Yeah. And and Monster Zero, Glenn. Yeah. You know, but <clears throat> anyway. Um. So, okay. So he shows up and he says he's concerned and it's like, what's going on here? You wrote me one letter and then you stop. And at first, again. You, you think, okay, Glenn seems like a good guy, right? He he says, we were, I love this, we were supposed to go to State College. And it's like, State College? What the hell is this, Fansville? Are they going to <laughs> go to State instead of Tech? Is that what it is now? Oh, my God. We don't see because it's black and white, but half his face is painted red, half his face is painted white. 
a big can of Dr. Pepper in the background. Yeah. But but he's like, oh, because if they don't watch commercials. Oh, yeah. sorry. I, I think every I don't know. I mean, it, in my in my you know sphere of influence, literally everyone knows oh Fansville God. to the point that spoiler alert: we were watching the Clemson game earlier today, and at the commercial, I was looking up something on my phone, and it was a new Fansville, and the boys are screaming, "Dad, it's a new Fansville!" Like, okay, it's a they'll we'll see it again. I promise. But it's, actually, it was, the it was, best part was, is that Brian Bosworth is in there, and there's a lot of people who don't even know. That's Brian Bosworth. Bosworth. They just know he's the guy from the commercials, and you should know him as somebody. Yeah. They don't even understand that not only was he the Boz, yeah. he's Stone Cold, and then some. So, if you've sorry. never seen Stone Cold, go watch it. It's awesome. I own the Blu-ray, and I own the Rift Tracks. It's hysterically funny, Rift Tracks, and it's a great movie, and it's weird as heck um, to see Brian sorry. Bosworth. Sorry, Stone Cold doesn't do local media. Um, but... <laughs> So, so Glenn seems like a good guy. They're going to go off to Fansville College together, yeah. um, you know, in Rudon State. Uh, but oh. then he's like, he he's he's concerned about it. he's concerned about her, and so they said, well, can, will you at least go just just come with me for a little bit? And she says, okay. They get in his car, and he immediately macks on her. Yeah, right. he immediately looks to like smash his face into hers. It's like. There's no wonder this girl's a delinquent. Everyone yeah. around her is self-interested. Yeah. There's no one that actually cares about anyone but themselves in this movie. Yep. It, it is it is so it is so cynical. And she's like, no, yeah, no. And it's like, first off, I'm not interested. Second, there's a chance I'm going to turn into a vampire and kill you. Yeah. Right? You know, it's like A or B. You know, take your pick. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, but he, and then he's like all dejected. It's like, again, I know it's the 50s. I know it's the 50s. I get it. But, dude, come on. Read the room, man. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so um, Nancy, uh, Nancy, after leaving Glenn, enters Miss Branding's laboratory, begging to be released from the experiment. But the obsessed Branding refuses and hypnotizes Nancy, who again becomes a brutal vampire. This time she attacks Miss Branding, succeeding to strangle her to death with the amulet's chain. But during the struggle, Branding pushes over, pushing Nancy away. Push, oh, that's weird. Pushes Nancy away. Nancy falls and is impaled and killed on a, on a broken piece of furniture. Oh boy. At that moment, Glenn, Miss Thorndyke, and Myra break through the door to gain entrance into the laboratory and see that Branding's writing thesis has been destroyed after being soaked with acid. And that's pretty much where the movie ends. That's um, where it ends. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, that ending yeah, so... seemed quick. But I think well, right. like, we were, we were I mean, it's like we were we were kind of running out of, you know, ideas here. It's yeah. like, what are we going to what are we going to do? Have her kill somebody else? I mean, about the but the only scene that's missing is her killing Glenn, yeah. basically, which I right. guess would have. I mean, OK, now I'm not saying I'm not saying that I would have made better choices. But if I'm writing this and I know it's I'm at 68 minutes with yeah. credits, right? right, with a full set of credits at the beginning, um, I, I, I could extend this movie out to 73 minutes. 72 minutes by having Glenn Mac on her, having her turn into the werewolf and kill or werewolf. See, I'm even, I'm saying it, the vampire and kill Glenn. Right. And then she goes and begs branding to be released for it because look what I've done. I've killed the only guy that I cared about, even though he's kind of a jerk, yep. you know, but that, that, that might've been a bridge too far for this. Yep. So, uh, I just want to, but she goes in, she goes and begs branding to, to release her brandings. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. No, go ahead. Say what you're going to say. I was just going to say, um, it, it, it makes perfect sense that she should kill him, but 
at the same time, I'm wondering if they're like, look, we couldn't afford another makeup shot. <laughs> right? Like, unless they did the makeup there and then immediately did the makeup for another scene. Like, I don't know how many times they did this makeup. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm wondering how many times they put it on her, which is maybe why she doesn't have it on that often. Right. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I don't have any, any facts or figures about that I can, like, <laughs> you know, solidly put behind there. So anyway. we don't have any insight. We just got a lot of, you know, speculation and hearsay. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> rumor and innuendo, <laughs> rumor and innuendo. So he freestyles about this and, uh, uh, no. So she goes to branding and branding is like, nat nah, girl, I'm not going to do that. And then it's like, you know, hell, welcome to Chokesville population. You, which I yeah, thought right. was funny that the vampire kills somebody by choking them. Right. Is that just biting yeah. her? <laughs> Can't, can't have that. You know, that's a little too salacious, don't you think, biting an older woman? Um, but it is it is kind of weird that, that she kind of throws her around. And I was it a picture frame? I didn't get a great look at what it is that actually broke that had this big thing sticking out. I don't know. And, it's, it's a piece of furniture, but I don't know what yeah. furniture. Who knows? And, I, and if she's not actually a vampire, does she really need to be staked through the heart? Yeah. Now, I'm not saying a stake through the heart won't kill you. Yeah, it will. But it. But it's not a requirement if right. you're not actually a vampire, right? right? right. Agreed. So, um, the U.S. And then, con- uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Her, uh, and then her thesis looks kind of like a blooming onion. I just wanted yes, to put right, that yeah. out. Made me um, hungry. The U.S. Conference of uh, Catholic Bishops, um, they they uh, said this movie was stylized violence, hokey menace, and sexual innuendo, and gave it an adults-only rating. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it seems pretty on the nose for that what they do. Anything, any movie that had anything in it, they're like, no, adults only. <clears throat> and then they put that list up in the back of the church, and every kid ran and looked at the list and went and saw those movies. They well, what I what I think is funny on that on that same quote. Besides that, they they specifically say that the girl at a prep school turns into a murderous vampire after falling under the hypnotic spell of the school's feminist science teacher. That alone may have tipped yeah. the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops over the edge. Wait, a feminist? You know that kind of thing. Yeah, you can't have that. Yeah. <laughs> But, it's um, like, look, honey, I know you're a feminist, and I think that's adorable, but the men are talking now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm gonna, we're gonna get emails on that. Yeah, but that's okay, I'm just saying it's your show, fi- so I'm, yeah, it's okay. Yes, in the fifties, we, the, uh, you it know, was the, it was the fifties. You know, that yeah. it's it, you don't want to use that excuse, but but it's, it's true. Like, it was true. I mean, that that was kind of the not even kind of that was the culture, right? Yeah, right. It was it was you know um, paint your lips and keep them closed kind of situation. Yeah. And 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 the and the craziest part is when you start thinking about um, uh, when we look back at movie, Dad and I look back at movies. Sometimes we're going back into like the the, the 30s and stuff like that. And there's stuff there you're like, okay, you couldn't get away with that now. Okay, you can't. <clears throat> we say that all the time. Like you like you really can't say that now. You really couldn't right. do you know. And then we get to movies, you know, in like the 50s, you no, know, the 40s and the 50s and 60s and stuff. You're like, okay, eh, that didn't age well. You know, that doesn't age well. There's a lot of things in this movie that don't age well. You know what I'm saying? But um, it's just like, but the same thing you can look back at the, like, you know, stuff in the 70s and 80s. That yeah. now we would be aghast if we saw it, not uh, you and I, but like people would be like, what? Like, you can't well, have that on a movie. Yeah. It's like, I mean, they, yeah. they talk about, they talk about, you, you mentioned that the, the Catholic bishops talked about, you know, um, sexual innuendo. You know, yeah. think about like the '80s sex comedies and stuff. Oh my God, you, you mean you can't do that kind of stuff now, no. right? Not in that context, right? So you, you can't you can't have movies like that where it's about guys trying to trying to you know to mag it on girls without the girls having any agency or anything in the story. It's like that's just it's just not it wasn't done right. 
and 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 I'm not I'm, I'm not you know I'm I'm not pining for a return to, of 80 sex comedies, yeah, but no, I'm just saying that there's that that you know you look at it, it's like how was this so popular? And it's like because you know that that was that was just the way the culture was. It didn't doesn't make it better or good or right. It's just the yeah. way it was, and so you got to look at it in context. And and that that to me is the most interesting thing about this movie. Taken in context, yeah. there's some really I think, you know, creative and yep. daring stuff here, but there's just so much talk around all of it. It just talks yeah. and talks and talks and talks yeah. that those little scenes, like you said, you could probably cram it. In. This can make like a really good, like super eight movie. Yep. You know? <laughs> yep. So dad and I talk about this all the time when we talk about when we were covering the, the Friday the 13th and yeah, remember dad's never seen them. So dad's, it's all new to him kind of thing. And then he's yes. like, Oh, well, this is just derivative. And this is just this. And it's like, yeah, because this is like, you know, whatever. But when you go back and look at like slasher movies in the 80s, and and I don't mean like the ones that were being innovative. Like, I mean, there's the ones that just kept churning out and churning out. Yes. They were just cookie cuttered. And you're like, okay, but what was in those movies? They were all the exact same thing over and over and over again. And that's why we got Scream, where literally they made, they, they turned that, you know, the, the slasher movie on its ear, but yet do they at times? Like, there's still stuff they do completely wrong because you're in because now it's like supposed to be well they would know better except it doesn't like and it's like it was that kind of like look at they kind of holding the mirror up to it but when you watch like friday the 13th movies uh i mean well, i can speak for myself when i watch friday the 13th movies they're just comfortable lived yeah. in you know there's nothing they're just they're, just, they're nothing I, they're not changing my life but they're so right. comfortable and lived in that i i enjoy that time but people are like yeah but like you know, every girl is naked and every guy is this. And I'm like, okay, but that's the movies they made at the time. At the time, that's what worked. We, I, in 1982, John Carpenter made a movie called The Thing that no one liked. Yeah. Yes, I said it. No one liked it. But guess what? It's considered to be one of the best science fiction and horror movies of the entire decade, right? It from especially, It's considered to be one of the best of all time. But at the time, no one liked it because it didn't hit its audience until it kind of got to a different level of person. Right. Yeah. Right. Carpenter's The Thing, as much as I love it and I'll watch it anytime, it's, it's amazing, is not like Friday the 13th, part three and four and five and whatever. It's not like uh, Prom Night. It's not like Prom Night 2. It's, it's not a slasher kind of thing. It's not this comfortable, oh, whatever, the movie's over. You the thing as much as people will argue that it's not makes you think about things. It makes you question, yeah. you know, identity. It makes you question all it's all those deeper things in there. I understand that movies, every, not every movie we watch is going to have that in it. But the last place I expected anybody to have a thought was this movie. I'm right. just saying, like, I really was like, this is going to be like, as soon as it started, I was like, Oh my God, are we really watching untamed youth? Like, are we really <laughs> watching? Like, I'm like, I, cause I said myself Let, going, maybe yeah. I would, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Luke and I shouldn't cover this movie. And then it starts going on and, and you're right. It has glimpses. It has, it has inklings. It has little cracklings, if you <laughs> will, uh, of, of like forward thinking things that were outside the box. But think for a second also, who else did that stuff when no one else was doing it? And, 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 and I'm not saying it's on the same level, right? But Roger Corman would yeah. put things into movies that would push the limits of exactly. the time. Yeah. And then after Roger Corman, it was guys like 
um, like what's his name? Kaufman, the guy from Troma. Um, Lloyd Kaufman. Lloyd Kaufman. He yeah. had, th- now some of his stuff is just stupid and disgusting, but he would put things in here and there to push the limits. People yeah. who push limits sometimes. Oh, I mean, I think even, even in different texts, people like Russ Hagen. Oh, yeah. Over with, yeah. you know, uh, what it was, um, uh, Angels Revenge yeah. and uh, the Side Hackers, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's, there's, uh, the, the, which was a, a different class of exploitation movie. Yeah. You know, all of these, I mean, we, we talked about this again with Teenage Frankenstein, exploitation yeah. film, and these are not exploitation films, but they have some of the trappings of them and just sure. pushing the envelope just a little bit, especially when you're aiming at a teenage audience. Yeah. Teenagers are not that much different now than they were then. They like edgy things. They like things that are not talking down to them. They like to think that they're more mature, that they can handle that content. But at the same time, they still have that level of immaturity. You know, twist my arm. I'm going to quote Alice Cooper. I'm a boy and I'm a man. Right. I'm 18. So that's that's adolescence. Right. Right. So so this film kind of plays right into that. It does have kind of a cheap you know, B-movie schlock aspects, but then there are some more progressive, almost exploitative aspects, and we don't necessarily think about them because we're looking at the film, what, uh, almost 70, well, 65 years after yeah. the fact? Right. And so it's like, oh, okay, well, a girl, you know, a girl vampire kills a guy. That's no big deal. It's like, well, that was kind of a big deal in 1957, yeah. Yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's like, I, I, I did appreciate it, even though looking at it objectively, it's like, yeah, of the three, this is clearly the least yeah of them but it's if for what it is it's it's not bad you know yeah and it's an easy watch i mean i mean i watch this with my wife and like 68 minutes it kind of just flies by you know yeah even with all the chit chat uh you know kind of there's chit chat but it's not but at the end it's not like it's talking and it's 90 minutes it's talking it's 68 minutes yeah well that's what i'm saying is yeah i mean they're the talking is there but it's not like it's just slowing everything to a dead crawl um but yeah Honestly, uh, uh, you know, folks, if if you want to see this movie, uh, it is available uh, on DVD. Um, that gets DVD gets uh, get a little hard to get your hands on, but it's available on DVD. Um, it is available on YouTube for free. That's how I watch it. I watch it for free. That's on how I watched it as well. Um, I that's about the level. I I don't own it. I, no, I say that. Take that back. I have the I have the DVD. It's on a, <laughs> a double disc. Um, I'm trying to remember what's on the disc. They go, I take that back. I actually have the Blu-ray. Nope. No, no, I don't think it has a Blu-ray. I'm I know. Trying, it I don't think yeah, it, it does. It I might. don't believe it does, no. I don't think it, it might have one. Um, no. Blood 4 Dracula's got a 4K. That it definitely does. Oh, yes. That's slightly uh, different. Slightly yeah, different. It's a little di- Yeah, don't conv- don't confuse those two movies, please. That's like um, that me. Oh, I think I downloaded the wrong, you know, Halloween movie or whatever. Yeah. Right. My favorite is <laughs> I, I think I wrote the, downloaded the wrong Scooby-Doo movie. Or did I? Anyway, yeah. uh, yes, I, I don't think it. it's on a, It's on a, I want to say it's with How to Make a Monster. For a long time, that's the only way you could get How to Make a Monster. It's right. on, like, Prime Video and stuff like that. Uh, yes, it was on a double disc. Not double It's two movies. On there. It's cult double feature. How to Make a Monster and, and Blood of Dracula. And that's when I originally bought that, yeah, yeah, when I originally bought that for how to, um, how to Make a Monster, I had no idea why Blood for Dracula was on there. Because I'd never seen it. I didn't understand yeah. why. Um, and it shows you because I own it, and I never actually watched Blood for uh, Blood of Dracula yet. Anyway, right. um, it's, you know, you can check it out for free if you're interested. I would definitely recommend just watching it on YouTube. It's pretty good. It's not any, we, I watched it on YouTube, so did Luke. Yeah. It's not like it's all grainy or something. It's probably the, no, it's probably per- the DVD. Perfectly, 
Yeah, perfect, yeah. perfectly watchable copy yeah. on YouTube to give it a yeah. – I mean, if you want to check it out, you know, I mean, it's, that's the thing. It's like if you've never seen it, you know, go go check it out and make make your own opinions, you know? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so um, – and of course, folks, you know, as Luke and I are here covering this for the February episode, uh, you know, this is our Valentine's Day episode. Uh, we always try to – you know, Dad and I in the past have done, like, the Leech Woman and, like um, – do we do do we the least women do do we do i remember we did cold of a cobra that might not have been here but we always try to get something like this and we figured this one where this young lady um you know is kind of uh spurning the you know the advances of young men and then biting him in the neck and killing them except not glenn um you know we thought would be a good fit here so um folks i hope you enjoyed us talk about uh blood blood of dracula um you know again even though there's no draculas in it uh (laughs) Luke, uh, uh, why don't you tell people where they can find you on the uh, the Internet? Sure thing. So if you enjoyed listening to me talk about uh, this monster, you might like me talking about other monsters of the giant Japanese variety over on Earth Destruction Directive, which is a Daikaiju podcast. Uh, anywhere that you found uh, Bots, Bugs, and Babes, you can also find Earth Destruction Directive. In addition, I am the co-host, one of the co-hosts, on the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror with Jay, along with the hair metal hero, Chris Tyler, and Two True Freaks OG, Chris Honeywell. Again, anywhere you find uh, uh, Bots, Bugs, and Babes, you can find The Vault. And also, Jay and I, co-host, along with the hair metal hero, Get Back to the Wrestling. Finally, there's a podcast on the internet about professional wrestling, and once again, any podcatcher that covers those other shows will cover Get Back to the Wrestling as well. So uh, please check them out. I would uh, love to have you listen to those as well. Just want to mention, folks, that... Uh, um Luke's show, uh, uh, Earth Destruction Directive, is like Bots, Bugs, and Babes. It's all ages, so uh, you know there's no uh, you know inappropriate language, uh, none of that stuff. So you can listen with the kids. But of course, as we always mention, um, get back to the wrestling and the Vault of Starting Monster Horrors Tales of Terror definitely carry an adult uh, you know explicit content rating uh, yep. on it because some people, namely me, uh, can't stop cursing. Uh, uh, but yeah, the, the only the only the, the only explicit language you'll get. Uh, on Earth Destruction Directive is when I attempt to pronounce certain Japanese words. Yeah, uh, well, that is that is that is a terrible, explicit uh, violence done to a language. Yes, but but <laughs> yes, but different, <laughs> but different than what the way I describe uh, whatever that match we just watched was, kind of thing, you yeah, know, or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, folks. So yeah, if you want to check it out, it's uh, always a great listen. Uh, Earth Destruction Directive. Um, Luke covers all kind of uh, kaiju and daikaiju stuff. It's outstanding. So I want to thank my brother for coming on here. And uh, covering this uh, lost, and I didn't say lost. It's it was the 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 it was not truly the the finishing the trilogy of the I was a teenage, but it kind of fits the end of I was a teenage. Even though, as you know, when, when Dad and I talked about how to make a monster, that technically kind of finished the trilogy that everyone thinks about. But that really wasn't yes. the trilogy. This is this is this is the real trilogy part of it. Right. Um, I but mean, yeah. if you're not gonna make if you're not gonna make the movie that they're making in How to Make a Monster, yeah, that so would have been the one to end. That's the that's the trilogy movie right there. Yeah, that's the crossover classic. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, we want to thank everyone for your downloads and listens. Uh, you know, always, you know, we we do this as a labor of love. Uh, we also would love to hear from you if you have feedback. If you'd like to give feedback about this film, I will share it with Luke uh, uh, when we get it next time we're on together. We'll talk about it. Um, of course, any movie we cover or any uh, suggestions or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. So, folks, uh, like again, I want to thank my brother for being on t- uh, with me today. 
Um, as we say around here, keep those cards and letters coming and keep watching the skies. This is Tokyo, once a city of six million people. What has happened here was caused by a force which up until a few days ago was entirely beyond the scope of man's imagination. Tokyo, a smoldering memorial to the unknown. An unknown which at this very moment still prevails and could at any time lash out with its terrible destruction anywhere else in the world. Hi folks, Luke Giaconetti here. I'd like to ask you a few questions. Do you like giant monsters, or as they're called in Japan, daikaiju? Monsters like Godzilla, Rodan, Gamera, King Ghidorah, or Mothra? Do you like more obscure monsters, such as Gappa or Yangari? Do you like giant heroes like Ultraman, or super robots like the Shogun Warriors? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then I think you might like my podcast, Earth Destruction Directive. I'm a dedicated fan of all things Daikaiju, and I'd like to share that with all of you. Please check out Earth Destruction Directive at twotruefreaks.com. Earth Destruction Directive, where we turn your Daikaiju dreams into city-smashing reality. This has been an episode of Bots, Bugs, and Babes, the B-Movie Podcast. If you'd like to contact me, please email the show at botsbugsbabes at gmail.com. If you'd like to find me online, I'm on Facebook under my name, Jason Jacknetti. I often contribute to the Two True Freaks Facebook group. You can visit my Facebook page, The Art of Horror Collective, and you can search the hashtag, The Art of Horror Collective. On Instagram, find me under my name, Jason Jacknetti. And search the hashtag, The Art of Horror Collective, as well as the new hashtag, Bots, Bugs, Babes Podcast. I'm the only one using them. I'm also on Twitter, at Jason Giaconetti. And you can visit my webpage at www.theartofhorrorcollective.wordpress.com. All movies, characters, stories, music, etc. are properties of their respective holders. This is a fan work, and any use of any property is purely for review discussion, entertainment. So don't sue me. I ain't got anything anyway. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow.